Well, dear listeners, we come to you with grave tidings. In our last episode, Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure, he sent out a call. A call to arms, a desperate plea. A call into the void. Is there anybody out there? Is there anybody? Let us know, or we will stop recording the podcast. But we're here today. We asked for comments. We asked for emails. Nothing. But you know what? Fuck all of you. <laughs> Fuck shamblazing. We're going to finish this bitch. I don't care. Nobody's out there. We set out to watch all of these damn Disney Channel original movies as the podcast, a whole new pod. That's right. And me, Lucas Melby, I say I'm going to watch all these fucking movies. <laughs> what say you? Jacob Telejohn, I, I say I am, am dedicated gotta finish our mission i periodically check in because we've been very clear there are lots of other well i wouldn't say lots but there were other podcasts that were doing the same thing as us since the last time i checked there seems to be even more podcasts wow. doing the same thing as us really i just type in like disney channel maybe we inspired people and despite typing in something that i would hope would surface our podcast it doesn't i don't know if that's because i actually take us as explicit Whatever the case is, clearly a a show called A Whole New Pod. We did not keep search engine optimization in mind while naming it. I blame my brother. He, I think, suggested the name. I was going to call like, it's a small pod after all. That definitely would have gotten us up there in the charts. But I saw lots of new podcasts. But a lot of them I saw, a lot of them were like kind of recent. It's like, oh, new starting up, four episodes, drop off. Wow. Lots of things start and stop, but we are going strong in the 80s of DCOMs. Yeah. We have no soul left, but we're still going no matter whether some of these people had more ratings than we ever did. <laughs> Rate us, review us on Apple Podcasts. Please do. We're not we're not no, going down we're, without a fight. We're at least getting to the first Zombies movie at oh, the very yes. least. Yes. We're coming up on the four-year anniversary of this podcast in a couple of months. I, I, That's depressing. I, we need to make it full circle and get back to Under Wraps, the movie that started it all for well, us. And Under Wraps 2 coming out later this year. Oh, that's right. But Well, Under Wraps 2, yes, but 3, really? But no, not really. But I yes, really. We can't know yet. We'll have to wait and watch. It will. But we're here. We're doing it. We're saying fuck Sam Blazing. Fuck Sam we're saying Blazing. fuck our fans. They don't exist. We're saying <laughs> fuck the world. Unfortunately, exists. And in this sense, we did say fuck Dustin. Because we did tease that we fuck were maybe going to get Dustin on this episode. Phineas and Ferb into the second dimension. I believe that's the name. Yeah, yes. I probably should have confirmed it. Phineas and Ferb, the movie. Oh, man. Across the second dimension. That's going to eat up all of the characters in my titling. Across the second dimension, yes. I guess I don't know. I feel like Dustin is a fan of the show, but he was out of town. And Dustin, such a fan, our only real fan, actually, didn't Mm. want the podcast to get delayed. So here Jacob and I are to do this episode. And I'm going to start out uh, with a question prompt to Jacob. What's the deal with Phineas and Ferb? What's their fucking problem? We don't know. We, we, we have no idea. Know. We've never. Well, I we're we're both familiar with the show. Like we know what Phineas and Ferb is. Like we know that Perry's a platypus. Right? I know only like the most scant of details. Yes, but I, yeah, beyond that, if I was presented before watching this movie with Phineas and Ferb the characters, 
I wouldn't know for sure which was which. I might have been able to guess correctly. That I that I do know. I I, I know Phineas is the one that talks more, and Ferb's like the guy that says one word of episode. They maybe. have their platypus, who's a secret agent, secretly. Yes. And there's the evil scientist. And I knew that do, the do show... Actually, I knew so little about the show until maybe recently, or I don't even know when I realized this. I thought this was like a Disney Junior show. Like I thought this was oh, for like, like for really kids, real little kids. kids. Okay. Uh, I don't. I didn't look at the exact uh, production of this show where if it aired on actual Disney Channel because Toon Disney was also a thing for a while. But this probably would have been around the time I think when Toon Disney switched over into being Disney XD. Which is a horrible name. Really dark. I don't know why they didn't just keep it Toon Disney. Because they wanted to... Essentially, they didn't want to always have tunes on it. Yes. But I gotta say, not a fan of the look yeah, of we, Phineas and Ferb. We talked about the characters. Like, just, I don't know. If, if Phineas is... I don't, like, Ferb has weird eyes. Phineas has a weird nose. Candace, played by... Um, Ashley Tizza from the from last episode. She has really like long, skinny legs and a, I mean they're purposely weird designs. Yes, yes, correct. So I don't like the character designs at all, really. Yeah. But even beyond that, there's just something of Disney cartoons of this era, or even like of this two decade period. Yeah. Because I didn't like the way the Proud Family movie really looked. I didn't really like the way the Kim Possible movie looked. So there's there's just something of like. All of these shows are very, like, flat. I mean, they're obviously cartoons, but they're yep. flat and, like, undetailed. And I think that was just kind of the style of Disney Channel cartoons at the time. And clearly it worked. Phineas and Ferb, Kim Possible, extremely po- popular. Uh, popular. Oh, yeah. Huge. Shows. But I think I'm just maybe a little spoiled from the style of, like, anime where I've watched a lot of anime. Yeah. Where they maybe were even... Anime generally is not, like, the most expensive compared to, like, American cartoons. Or maybe it was cheaper, but it's just... There's attention to detail in other areas or for later modern Western cartoons like Gravity Falls, which was a cartoon that started out on Disney Channel, went to Disney XD. Okay. So I love Gravity Falls, but I just, something about Phineas and Firm, Kim Possible just don't sit right with me. Some of their jokes and references, some of their jokes and references, though, like we got a kick out of, you know, that were maybe aimed towards an older crowd. Like this is just goofy, weird, funny. Yeah, there was 100% jokes that kids would definitely not. Yeah, they're way over their heads. But I found myself laughing more genuinely at this than, I I don't think I really laughed at anything in the Kim Possible movie. Speaking of Kim Possible possible i i think we'd kind of talked about that's probably like the last animated movie we've watched and that's been a while now too since we've watched that one so they kind of went like a long period of just musicals and music and in between we didn't know we were gonna get music in this movie but we did yeah like eight songs maybe there's songs in all phoenix and ferb episodes we don't know (laughs) we have no idea we also haven't really had a sports movie in a while or like a dedicated sports movie the big game yeah, we're we're falling behind on our big game counter. Slacking. But in an attempt to not fall behind on this episode being too long, let's get into our discussion of Phineas and Ferb, the movie, colon, Into the Second Dimension, or I'll get the title right when I name the episode. Across the Second Dimension. Oh, shit. I, I'm just completely wrong. <laughs> so we start, excitingly, in media res, we're getting an immediate... What what happened? How how do we get yes. here? We see Phineas, who <clears throat> of the brothers has more triangular head, yeah, red hair. Yes, Ferb, his brother, kind of is like the the Ernie or Bert, which was 
the yellow one? Bert, Bert? Ernie. I think Ernie. that's Bert. Ernie had like the longer. Really? Okay, so he's so, the yes. Ernie, right? Of no. the brothers. Fuck, I don't know. And he has green hair, and he's generally quiet. Candace is their sister. We talked about voice by Ashley Tisdale. And then we also see the villain as much of... He's not really... He's like a goofy villain. Bert, yes. He has the Bert head. Okay, Bert is the skinny. Yes. Uh, The villain of the normal series, Dr. Heinz Doofenshmitz. Doofenshmitz. And we're seeing all of these characters walking in a straight line, chained together in some kind of fiery lair, moving towards a monster. What's going on there? And and, and the monster looks like either like a giant dog. It just looks like a giant hairy beast. Brown beast. It's shoved into a square cage. Correct. And I can't remember if there was some narration from Phineas here, but it's we essentially get a, a cut to earlier that day. We're like, yes. how did we get here? Yeah. But it's very, it's one of those where it's very like self-aware of, you yes. know, record scratch. I bet you're wondering how I got here. And we've seen that in, I I think we saw that in Quince. That was another one we've kind of had that. Oh, it happens. I mean, that's, it's a, that's why the term is called yes. in media res. It's a yep. thing, you know, it's. Happens Fer- a lot. Doesn't like isn't Ferris Bueller's Day Off that kind of thing? Or I don't remember. That's just what I think of, but yeah. I, I don't know if that's accurate. Yeah. And then we get uh, the start of their day with a very fun. This is maybe one of my favorite parts of the movie. We get a fun, jazzy opening song, song yeah, which we song still weren't clued off here. Like, oh, there'll be a lot of songs. We were mm-hmm. just like, maybe this is a one-off, yeah, fun song for the for for the big movie. Yes, I believe this one is called Better with Perry. For all I knew, this could have been the theme song of the show. Everything's better with Perry, correct. And it's basically Phineas and Ferb getting ready in the morning. And there's also some weird pops up in other songs, mostly in the songs where there's like stylistic parodies of other TV shows or movies or stuff. So this they have some kind of like psychedelic uh, color cutaways to I don't know if it's like the Brady Bunch or the Partridge family. Yeah, I think was what they were kind of referencing there. A lot of references in there. I mean, even stuff that we didn't really pick up on. Dude. Yeah, I mean, the, the there's one movie. song that is essentially definitely a lot of references that children would not get if we Which... are, you know, close to a certain age that we hey, who knows what that age no, we, is. We were fans. I mean, we enjoyed that song. That doesn't come up for a while, though. And my notes kind of rough, especially at this beginning. We're just getting kind of random character bits. I assume it's very similar to the show Phineas and Ferb. They're constructing some kind of shuttlecock. Uh, shuttlecock, which is for the uninitiated, what the badminton birdie is officially yes. called. But they're constructing like a Perry the platypus. They're constructing a platypult. Which actually, I don't think we've actually talked a about. A platypus plus a catapult. We haven't talked too much about Perry the platypus, who no. is. Because he's not in the. Actually, he probably was in the beginning of the movie in that lineup. But they have a pet platypus who is secretly a secret agent, and you can tell when he's in his agent form. He has a hat. Because he has a hat and, like, a yes. watch on. Yeah. And part of the opening montage is him kind of having some, like, tech waking him up and giving him some readings and stuff. Uh, Phineas and Ferb do not know he is a secret agent. Correct. Because yes. he, he always just, sta- he, he just, he stands on all fours, and he just makes a weird, like, clicking noise. I assume that's what platypuses make. Who knows? Yes. So Phineas and Ferb, I assume, I believe one of Phineas's lines is, what are we going to do today, Ferb, or yeah. some shit like that. Yeah. I assume they make inventions all the time. Jacob correctly caught the pun that I did not, that it's a platypult yeah. that is launching the birdie. Meanwhile, Perry is in the underground base, very Dexter's lab, like underneath their house, yeah. getting the lowdown from his commander. 
and Candace, she's got some plot about trying to become an adult. I don't care. Yeah, it's she, very. She, she's throwing away all her old kitty stuff, unicorns and stuff like that. And it's very B plot because she wants to. Oh, some guy's going away to college or high school or something. Yeah, we'll get into how us not knowing a lot about this show <laughs> is extra bad for like this movie because yeah. so much is kind of uh, building off of your preconceptions yeah. about which, certain which characters. not all, which not all movies from shows to movies are. You know, s- no. s- some of them treat you like you've never watched it before, which I prefer. I mean, this one definitely didn't. Most of them do kind of yeah. work off of you having seen the show. But this is the most like that. Yeah. And probably the opposite end is like the Jet Jackson movie where yeah. that I found like functioned on its own in a way that like I assume certain characters in it were actually from the show and they weren't. They were just original to the movie. Yes. Anyways, all these, I don't know, you want to call them plot threads. These kind of all converge. Phineas and Ferb are inside of a kind of like a shuttle shaped like a shuttlecock. Yes. They get launched up by the catapult. Meanwhile, Perry gets launched out of his base and into collide. a plane, hits the shuttlecock, and it veers in a different direction towards Doofenshmirtz's lair. lab, or yeah, yeah. some tower, yes. where at that moment he's working on some kind of contraption, and Phineas and Ferb crash into it. And destroy it. And as we quickly learn, because Jacob is like, do they not know who he is? They do not. So, no. assumingly... Uh, they do not cross paths regularly in the TV show. He is, he is only a enemy of Perry. Yes. With the hat on Platypus. So this device is called the Other Dimensionator. Yes. And Phineas and Ferb being smart, they offer to fix it for him. And they do, but are uh, temporarily disrupted by Perry, the Platypus, not in agent form, popping up. He, like, pees on Doofenshmirtz's couch. couch, and that is supposed to distract them. But they do end up uh, starting up the contraption, which creates a portal through to another dimension. To another couch, they see. That they see a couch in this other dimension. So Doofenshmirtz, let's just call him Dr. D. <laughs> Dr. D, I like that. There's a lot of Ds in this other he dimension. He wants to just pop in and steal this couch. So they go through into this dimension, and they discover that this dimension is essentially a world where Dr. D has achieved all of his world-conquering, or at least tri-state area-conquering goals, and has become an evil dictator. I I thought that was kind of funny, the the tri-state area. He he runs the tri-state area. I'm sure that's a a running gag in the the show. But I thought this was... This movie came out in 2011, so this is way before, you know... I mean, it's not the first multi-dimension or multiverse oh, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that is very much in vogue right now of like all yeah. the Marvel stuff going yes. towards multiverse, everything everywhere. Apparently, all the planet was started at all. But Think also, the it. thing that most reminds me of this is the most recent Ratchet and Clank game, Rift Apart, where it's almost the exact same premise, where there's a recurring villain in the series called Doctor Nefarious who kind of a goofy guy and he gets thwarted by Ratchet and Clank but they go into a different dimension okay. where he has conquered the universe and he's like a big dictator wow. so it's like a lot like this and the device that uh, Dr. Nefarious creates that they eventually cross dimensions with is called the Dimensionator wow. Weird. so this movie has also some other stuff later on that was like Rick and Morty there's iconography of this of them crossing over into dimensions where the portals are 
like green squiggly or green circles, which is what the portals look like in Rick and Morty. Yeah, the first Rick yeah. and Morty, I think, came out in like 2013. So, Who knows how much cultural impact this movie made? Very influential, potentially. Yeah. Still not my favorite, but, you know, I got to give props where it's due. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. So they're in this other dimension. The Dr. D there is essentially a dictator, as I said. Yeah. Normal Dr. D encounters this other Dr. D. They're like, oh, my gosh, you're do me. Do all these funny antics. He asks him, you know, oh, do you like butter brickle or whatever? He's like, oh, I hate that. Oh, do you like this? Oh, I love that. And they were doing, you know, it was just a test. And, and this is where doing... we find out, oh, there's going to be multiple songs in this. Yeah. Because we get a duo song or duet. Of the two Dr. D's basically singing about how they've encountered somebody who's going to become their best friend. And this is where we get lots of references to famous duos. We guessed Abbott and Costello, maybe Laurel and Hardy at one point. Yeah, there were a lot of like... Lewis and Clark. Yeah, there were a lot of like fun little duo things. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Uh, Sherlock Holmes and Watson. So it's just a song montage and it's cutting to them in these different ways as they're bonding. And it's, you know, I love references. I love saying, hey, I know what that was. But yeah, it was fun. Afterwards, uh, the second Dr. D reveals that... Cyborg. Yes, his world, he had beaten Agent... P. Yeah. So that's how he became, you know, the dictators. He thwarted his arch enemy and had turned the Perry the Platypus in his universe into a cyborg, or I think he calls a Platyborg. Oh, Platyborg. I thought it was like Fiborg. I'm not sure. Platyborg. Platypus plus cyborg. That's pretty bad. So then this cyborg sees, or they just see then that Phineas and Ferb are there, which I wasn't even sure if they had crossed over because they weren't like involved in any of the, the and, song and, montage. And Perry's with them now, and this is where the the other dimension Doofenshmirtz yes. is like, oh, that's him right there. You know, that's bad. And but like the the normal dimension Doctor Doctor Doolittle, yeah, we can call him normal Doctor D and other Doctor D <laughs> yeah. or evil Doctor D. So so he has no idea. So then when he puts the cap on... Yeah, it's a funny bit something. where he's like, no, yeah. that's just a normal platypus. And then yeah. he puts his hat on. He's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I was kind of joking earlier that he's like, shouldn't he just assume that if there's any platypus in his he presence, should. that it probably would be Perry? But that's what the other Dr. D... That's like I said. That's how he was able to to conquer him. He was he, he could make that distinction between the two. And well, if this isn't just revealed to Dr. D... It's also revealed to the Phineas boys. and Ferb. Yeah, they had no idea for yet the either. first time ever. And they're kind of the mad about it. Or at least they're upset. Phineas is for yes. sure. Yeah. So Perry takes the boys and makes a dramatic parachute escape to get away from Doctor D. The parachute and has the his has his face on it, so he's like a James Bond and figure. Phineas is very angry, as Jacob is saying, yeah. about his lie. And I wanted to pull up the most. Well, apparently, I think it was said like three out of three people found it was helpful, but a very long trivia comment. Not a ton of trivia on IMDb about this, but this one was very uh, funny, I found. So if there's anything that's grammatically incorrect with what I'm reading, that is just how it is written. And this is one of the rare moments when Phineas has a very angry moment with a loved one, in parentheses, Perry's secret being revealed. This also occurs in other episodes. In Summer Belongs to You, with just a mere minute left before sundown, Candace is refusing to ride a tricycle, but Phineas gets really upset as everything is short on time, yelling, get on the tripe. So that's one other time he got mad, apparently. Oh my. In Mission Marvel, twice, when Candace accidentally messes up the hero's powers and hulkifies Baljeet. 
picture. <laughs> Phineas has a long, angry lion at Candace and tears up her shed card, putting Candace in a deep funk. But later on, Phineas apologizes and has her shed card fixed. So there's anger issues. In Save Summer, just as the Earth is being pulled away from the sun, Candace turns the thruster level up to red, and Phineas warns her not to. Buford also breaks the fourth wall and says this must be a special episode. He's yelling at his sister again. Oh my god. This unusual anger is apparent to other Disney characters, like Mickey. What? Mickey never gets angry. What? Cat Noir from Miraculous Ladybug, Cat Blanc, Senta Bubbler, etc. I don't think Miraculous Ladybug is technically a Disney show. Della Duck, DuckTales, Typhoon, and Bo Peep, Toy Story 4 are all characters that are not supposed to be angry, and if they get angry, it's a significant Oh my god. So just a giant paragraph of text to say that Phineas doesn't normally get angry. What a fan that is, my lord. I had remembered reading that, and then watching this movie, and I just assumed, oh, Ferb must be the one who is yeah. surprisingly angry. But yeah. it's like, no, it's Phineas who, it's like, I, I don't know. So also, some of those titles of that episode is all about summer. Yeah. So I'm wondering if the show is just them always, like, during a summer vacation Because or they do re- reference in this movie that there is no summer. They got rid of summer. Doofenshmirtz and his other dimension got rid of summer. But we're getting summer. ahead of ourselves. Yes. Remember, wow. they are making a parachute escape. Yes. And he's yelling at Perry. Cyborg Perry comes down and, like, cuts the parachute down. And they yes. crash into the side of the building. And then there's some other, like, uh, weird fight. patrolling robots around. Oh, yeah. So yes. it's a combination of him fighting the cyborg. That have, like, a weird head that pops up. Like well, they a- have helmets on, but if you lift up the helmet, it's like a dorky face that yeah. talks about muffins or something. Yes. I don't know. So Cyborg Perry and other Perry are fighting, and our, the normal Perry has, like, a weird skeleton stuck to his feet. Yeah, he encountered uh, a skull in Dr. Yes. D's lab that he used part of the escape. Whatever. Getting beyond that, they... They fight. They get the other cyborg guy wrapped up in the parachute. Yeah. And they, like, push him off. I don't exactly know how they escape. I have a note saying something about they're running through the city. They're using... They have a dimension remote. Yes. Which I guess is part of the device that they created, but they have it with them. But then they use it and they see that the dimension isn't their dimension, so they don't go through it. But this is where I'm like, oh, that's some straight up Rick and Morty shit right here. Like, it's again, still before Rick and Morty. Some point around here is when we get the, the backstory, right, of why Doofenshmirtz is mad he lost his train. I don't know if you wrote down at all. Yeah, I think that might be coming up. But that's some uh, bonding or questioning between yes. the two doctors of being like, well, what's your crazy origin story? And it's a kind of subversion where the doctor in this bad universe or alternate universe just lost his train he's like and i was little and i love trains and i had a toy train and then i lost and he's like that's it that's that's all that and happened just to you hangs there and that's it and it, it's kind of fun and, and, and then the normal dr d goes into why and, and his is is much more tragic but yet he hasn't accomplished anything as much as this other one yes. has and also, we can dis- differentiate between the two doctors because the one in the alternate dimension has uh, facial hair. Well, and a an goatee. eye patch. Oh yes, eye patch that has the the scar goes over the eye patch. Yes, and and he did have the eye patch as a child as well, True. without the scar on on it. Yeah, we so. cut back to normal dimension. Candace, I think her main character trope in the show is she's always trying to bust her yeah, brothers. Yeah, which I don't know. Discover what they're doing. 
her were talking about, I'm busting, I'm busting here. Is, oh my. I don't know, the connotations have maybe changed in the last decade. Busting. But she's looking for Phineas and Ferb, and she's not finding them because they're in a different dimension. It's Correct. very boring, and I don't care. I thought there were some fun visual bits we get in the alternate dimension. All of the buildings either have just D's, D's or everywhere. D-O-O-F. So sometimes oh, it just doof. looks like a lot of D's because it's D's and O's, and yes. it's kind of hard to differentiate. Yeah. Uh, Phineas and Ferb also run into their alternate universe father, who has to go to work at the evil factory or whatever, and he just has like a harness on his body that he just throws up and gets latched onto a speeding bus that just picks him up. And That was pretty funny. Pretty like yeah, scary. Yeah, dystopian and fun. And they run into then their mom and also their other alternate version selves who are playing Doofopoly or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Doofopoly. And jokes about like, oh, you didn't conform hard enough. And, you know, just kind of like 1984 yes. style dystopia. Then when they meet the normal normal ones, they're like, we, we conform, we conform. And they were like really freaking out. And other Candace is there. But she really doesn't care about the other dimension. She's like, now there's four of you. And she just walks out of the room. Yeah, she's, well, she's got other stuff going on, we learned. Yeah, she's not like the their normal Candace. As Jacob talked about a little bit ago, they bring up Summer and they say, oh, we don't have Summer. So then normal Phineas and Ferb sing them a song about Summer. To yes, another, them. another and song. And this is also pre-Frozen, where in Frozen, Olaf's song is about how he can't wait to be around in Summer. So this also predates Frozen about singing about Summer. This is Summer. In parentheses, where do we begin? Song four of eight. Set up Frozen, set up the Marvel multiverse. Yeah. This was just the influential for all the like Disney's I said, it had 100%, 100% ratings, and people talked about how it's just new age ideas, man. I, I do believe for kids at the time or fans of the genre of yes. Phineas and Ferb, this was a big deal, this movie. Absolutely. The summer song, it was kind of fun. I don't like it so much when Phineas and Ferb sing because I don't like their voices. Their voices are weird. Like you said, it reminded you a lot of Weird Al. Which I love Weird Al. Yeah, Weird Al is very distinctive and very good. Uh, Inventive visuals going on again in these songs where it's just a big montage and they're eating ice cream, drinking cherry soda and, you know, summer stuff, right? Yes. Vote for summer. Perry... There's some more kind of forced drama between him and Phineas where Perry's trying to sneak out because I think there's a message on the TV of Dr. D being like, he's like, if you turn yourself in, I won't hurt the boys. So then he's trying to sneak out, but then Phineas catches him. He's like, hey, man, we know you're in secret, man. You don't got to sneak. Just go. Just leave. You don't need to sneak out, but I'm going to tell you to get out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then he gets out and there's like a sad song playing and it's raining and to be like. Angry Phineas is what they have him labeling. Angry Phineas. Harry and the Hendersons being like, go on, get out of here. We don't want you. Yeah. So he gets. uh, Sad Perry. Yeah, he gets picked up and brought to Dr. D's main base or whatever. And they. uh, A lot of this movie, if it's not clear, it'll become more of a focus is about seeing these alternate versions of these characters. Correct. Because we're going to get into like an underground rebel base where there's a bunch of alternate versions of characters. Yeah. But for Jacob and I, we don't know the original characters. So this is just kind of like, okay, more bullshit happening. Yeah, their their sister was down there. Um, Phineas's love interest is down there. Is it Isabella, I think? 
Yeah. Um, there's this like bully guy who's down there with them. And that's something with like the most recent Ratchet and Clank game, like the Ratchet in the alternate universe is a girl, Lombax named oh. Riven. And it's like, well, that's fun. Yeah. Because I know Ratchet and Clank and I love those games. But they don't do anything that wild here. It's like all, I mean, I guess as wild as changing somebody's gender or whatever. But they're all like the same gender and it's just like slightly different. But sometimes they're not even that different. Uh, so they find out. I can't remember. Let me let me look at my notes. I They just eventually encounter this underground rebel base. And yeah. there's all these characters I don't know the names of. The- and they either discover... Or just assume that Perry's been... Oh, they they do, I think, see, maybe on the TV again, that Perry's been captured. So they're trying to enlist the help of these Rebels, Rebel Nation. One of these alternate friends also explains kind of the multiple dimension setup, where the reason they're not able to use the remote to cross back to their dimension is because the dimensions are set up like a circle, and they move through the circle counter... or. Clockwise, clockwise yeah and to go counterclockwise would require a lot of energy which doesn't really who knows whatever play too much but but that's but a it's a neat way to justify how them having to go through different worlds and stuff yeah they have a brief test where they are working with the dimension remote or something and oh it brings normal canvas over yeah cool yeah i really needed that to happen. so so she meets her other dimension and she's all you know like Hey, is is so, yeah, uh, Jeremy is a Johnson part of this, here? Like, underground guerrilla force, and she's a badass in this universe. Kind of like the leader of this team. The reason this is like so much of a mess right now is because we weren't paying that close of attention. I think I went to the bathroom somewhere in here. Yeah. They take some kind of tram to the base of Doctor D. Yeah, they just get inside, and then they get captured because it was a trap by Doctor D. Yes, but they somehow escape. We don't know exactly how. Because we were talking about the recent Disney Plus release of Pinocchio. <laughs> so it, it was something to do with like that weird hairy beast that was in the cage. No, that hasn't happened. Oh, yet. not yet. Oh, no. Who knows? Whatever. Uh, because then I think they even get like Perry to come with them here. Yeah. But then the robots catch up to them as they're taking this train out of there. And the alternate universe characters break off part of the train to leave the normal universe characters behind. Oh, God. So all Are of them get captured. Up? You clear? I'm sure you're not. So yes, they escape back through the mine parts. And then Eviler, I say Eviler. Platyborg. Doofenshmitz. Oh, Doofenshmitz. Is trying to get Phineas and Ferb to fix his Dimensionator, but they are refusing. But then normal Dr. D just fixes. Yeah. So he's like, okay, well, I'm going to kill Perry. Agent P, I'm going to kill Phineas and Ferb and Candace. And then Dr. D somehow says the same thing as him. He's like, Jinx, you owe me three sodas because he'd been jinxing him before. So yeah. then evil Dr. D is like, oh, and you know what? Fuck it. I'll kill you. Kill you too. too. Yeah. Which a, is a funny bit. He's really mean. So that's when we wrap back around to the beginning scene of yes. all those characters. This is how we got So here. we're like, why are all these characters here, especially Dr. D and Agent Perry or yeah. whatever? And they're being led into this big monsters lair yeah and this was a fairly well done action sequence where they see a nearby robot who has keys on it agent p uses a magnet on his watch to steal the keys yeah and there's a bunch of shenanigans happening where they're all chained in a line together they're falling off of the bridge so they're in all the lava. hanging there the keys are kind of i don't know flying around i'm not doing yeah. a great job of describing this 
I'm the monster one. gets out of the cage, but the monster It's just a square looking weird brown hairy thing. It does I feel like I'm a, like a kid and, <laughs> and then and then yeah, and then the monster gets out of the cage, but the cage was a square, so the monster's the, a square. The monster was a square. And then it's like, oh, they're they're fucked because there's a bunch of other robots coming in. But, but they then, have the portal gun. But then other universe Candace comes back to rescue them. Yeah. But she doesn't really because she knocks away. She comes swinging in literally knocks away some robots. But ultimately they just use the portal gun. Yes. They, use, they use the portal gun and they, they fall, fall, fall through the portal and the monster chases them. But because the portal is shaped like a circle, a monster goes through and it just turns into like just its head comes it's like out. A, c- a cylindrical monster. C- a cylindrical monster. So it's monster. basically just useless. So, so they... it's a fun sequence, but yes. me trying to describe it or try to watch it and take notes is a mess. But Yeah, it was happening very it fast. Worked. There was a lot of stuff going on. I don't really know a, how it leaves other universe scene. Candace because she just gets left behind. Oh, does, yeah, maybe. But then all the characters who were chained together, they're hopping a bunch of dimensions because there's also robots coming through their portals. There's a lot of them. giants. We see a lot of weird shapes and stuff. So this colors. had more fun and more yes. well done multiverse jumping than freaking Doctor Strange in the multiverse. Preach. And very much uh, Rick and Morty just they're <laughs> hopping into... And it gets pretty trippy like Rick and Morty with some of the universes they're going into. Yeah. Because this is another kind of song montage and there's lots of quick cuts. And eventually they go through so many different dimensions that they wrap back around into their original home dimension. Yes, correct. So that was fun. I liked that. And that was the last thing I liked. No, I'm just (laughs) The end. Back in their original uh, dimension. But remember, normal Dr. D fixed evil dr d's machine so he's able to enter in the alternate dimension which he really only wants to go to because he wants another tri-state area to conquer because he had conquered his own tri-state area okay so he starts sending in a bunch of robots into that universe yeah or dr p dr pib uh (laughs) mr pib agent p jumps into action and him and his commander are like, well, I shouldn't say he tells the boys to go back to their home because he's he can't talk. Yeah. But he gives the boys his collar to be like, hey, I'm not your pet anymore. Oh, yeah. Trying to get them to go back home. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. But actually, yeah. it was a ploy to get them home because the collar reacts to how to get into the lower base. So the kids, Phineas and Ferb, go into the lower base, activate the supercomputer, and are able to design all these crazy robots and shit. And that was uh, Agent P's plan. You got it? <laughs> yep. Keeping up. I'm feeling feeling our uh, rigorous attention to detail is failing in this episode. That's So like, it, it there's chaos kind of occurring. Yeah, it's very much like, I think, the it is very chaotic. impossible movie. There's a lot of shit just Robots going, on. going in the city. There's a fun bit where we see a lot of also, coincidentally, the climax of the movie, this is where Jacob started to fall asleep. Yeah. Which, in his defense, I'm also kind of tired. I've been <laughs> sleeping the best this week. But this week, we had gone from in Minnesota earlier in the week to a real field day of like 100 degrees to now it's like 50 degrees <laughs> and rainy. So it's very much like a you want to stay in bed and sleep kind of day. But hey, we got Phineas and Ferb to watch. We power through. So... Unlike other times where Jacob pays extremely close attention to the movie and can definitely <laughs> fill me in on all of the details, he might be a little out of it in this section. But there was a fun bit where I felt like I maybe was sleeping because I look up <laughs> and there's all of these animals 
fighting the robots. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but all the animals are wearing hats. So whether oh, this yeah, is established in the show all... or not, there's other animals that are agents. When they're in the house earlier, when Perry's going down to shoot to go to the other lab, there was also like a little chihuahua or something with them, which might have been another uh, pet. Okay. So then we, we I feel like it must like be another... established in the show. But yeah. something about it just made me be like, oh, I kind of like the idea that it's just Perry. Agent P. Yeah. Like, they have normal secret agents that are humans, but they have one that's a platypus. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I find that funnier. Yeah. But Agent P is fighting with these other agent animals, but they're kind of failing. But then Phineas and Ferb ride in on a couple of different robot animals. Yeah. And they kind of send out robot suits and different robots to all the different characters. So then there's a big montage. There's also some band that I think must be from the show itself. Okay. Kind of like the Chip Skylark of oh, uh, wow. Phineas and Ferb, maybe. They're playing the song to Privatic and Accompaniment, and Phineas asks them to do it. So an in-universe kind of joke about, like, give us some fighting music. So they're playing the song, and everybody else is, in the words of Candace, I laughed at this point, momentarily waking Jacob up, <laughs> and says, now this is what I call busting. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if the guy, one of the guys in the band, was uh, Mitchell Musso, because he's in here as Jeremy Johnson. No, I think that's Candace's boyfriend. Yes, but is is there a point where we actually see him? There's two points. He he's mentioned. I remember. I, I just don't. At remember. the very beginning of the movie, Candace talks to him on the phone. Okay, okay. And then we see him like twice in the alternate dimension. Gotcha. So shout out to my boy Mitchell Musso, star of Hatching Pete. Yeah. Playing the character Cletus. One of the best decon characters. Hannah Montana. He was uh, Oliver, yeah, no shit. Oliver Oaken. Yes. No, everybody's going to talk about Cletus before <laughs> Hannah Montana. Jeremy Johnson. Uh, this is where I made sure to note in my notes that Jacob is sleeping during the yep. movie's climax. <laughs> <laughs> Phineas and Perry, they get up to where evil Dr. D is, where he crosses over to their universe at the tower where Dr. D normally lives. Okay. Meanwhile, normal Dr. D is having some funny bits of trying to buzz into his apartment building because he doesn't have his key. But his old lady neighbor doesn't remember who he is. so She (laughs) won't buzz him in. And that was some good stuff. But evil Dr. D, he's on top of there. He has this satellite dish that's controlling all of the robots. So then they start to fight him. Phineas fights Dr. D and then Agent P has to deal with the cyborg. Gotcha. And there's some goofiness with these fights. Uh... It's not my style. So, so, so Perry... Strictly per- not goofy. Perry defeats the Platyborg? Not even, like, immediately. It's kind of drawn out. Oh, God. And there's a point where Ferb is fighting with everybody else, and some girl's like, go on, Ferb, go help them. So in my notes, I just filled in, and then Ferb helps them fight. But he really doesn't. They, like, beat them, and then Ferb, like, gets up to them. Yeah, he's kind of a... I mean, that's just kind of how he's in the show. He's just kind of there. He's also British. Yeah, he's got a weird one. accent. He talks, he's British or Australian. The or dad had a weird accent, though, too. Okay. Yeah, the two Perrys are fighting, and they eventually destroy the satellite, so that affects all of the robots, so okay. the robots the aren't robots fighting are anymore. Perry kills the other But then Dr. D, cyborg. yeah, he electrocutes him while he has, like, a turkey on his butt, and what he's holding hell? two corn cobs, so he's launching... Popcorn. See, Jacob, this is what you miss when you're you're sleeping. So all of the other robots are defeated, but then Dr. D pops up in a giant robot and says, hey, I had one trick up my sleeve, and the robot looks like himself, and he pops up 
a robot's sleeve. And he's oh, like, God. get it. Like, literally. Yeah. Jeez. See, Jacob Jeez Louise. all of this. Oh, no. But this is all solved because normal Dr. D retrieves his own train because he didn't lose the train that that Dr. D Oh, did. yeah. So he gives it he to him. He gives him the train, and then it's all solved. Wow. His evil origin is fixed, and he doesn't want to invade anymore. So he's just a nice guy because he got his train back. So he... He's like, yep, all right, cool. They open up the portal. All the different versions of the characters are getting like closure with their alternate universe versions. Candace tells like her other Candace to be like, well, now you can live for boys instead of overthrowing dictators. So that's cool, I guess. Wow. But Perry's commander pops up and says that he will now have to take Perry away from them in 15 minutes because his secret identity Boo. has been divulged. But there's a Deus Ex Machina kind of thing. And we kind of, Jacob waking up from his sleep Men in finally. Black. They can Men in Black and Jacob Hopkins like, I wonder how many episodes after <laughs> the movie there was of the show. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and it was like, well, is this one of those things where yeah. it's kind of its the own end. movie that separates out from the show and doesn't really influence it? Kind of like an anime movie yeah. of a big series. Is this the series finale, finale. kind of movie like yeah. we got for uh, like the Proud Family? Yeah. Well, we get a way for it to exist within the show and not upset the the rest of the show because Doctor Dimensionator. They men black them. Doctor D created something called the Amnesiator. Yeah. And look at the light. Funny bit. Uh, they're saying, "Oh, we could use this," and Doctor D's like, "I don't remember making that. <laughs> I should remember making something oh. like that." So there, there's some good jokes in the, the movie. There were, yeah. Throughout. So they gather up all of the characters because they were like, we don't want to lose our pet Perry. We've had a great day. Yes. But it's not worth remembering this day if you lose our pet. Yeah. So they make up. Well, they don't make up. They have a nice touching moment with Perry before they're going to get wiped. And Jacob had called out, oh, I think this girl is like the love interest of Phineas. Kisses him. Because she's like, hell, he won't remember anything, right? So she kisses him. Which is weird because Phineas's head is not shaped in a way where it <laughs> makes weird sense nose. for him to kiss somebody. He has to like Correct. lift his head up because his mouth is at like the bottom of his triangle nose. So are they mouth kissing? I mean, other what? what you thought like kiss on the cheek? I I don't know. It's a weird thing to say. It was like, a mouth weird... kissing. I, mean, <laughs> I guess I <laughs> unexperienced. You know, I don't oh, know the. No. the the depths that Jacob knows. I don't check his search history. Oh, shoot. So they get wiped. They're not going to remember. But Perry apparently had a digital camera with him. Wow. And he was snapping pics. Oh. And we see his like photo montage. So it's like the end of uh, The Hangover where they, they don't remember the night. They just sure, look at this photos. Also, I don't know when The Hangover came out. But right. this, this inspired that. Yeah. So that's the end of the movie. But we get no, maybe it's the not. greatest twists of all. Yes. Slash. So in the credits, we see a live, I shouldn't say live action. We yeah, see it, Slash of Guns N' Roses. a real person. But then some cartoon effect comes up from his amp to his guitar, turns him into cartoon Slash. Yeah. And then he plays, what was the name of the song? Jacob uh, was singing it constantly at the start of the episode. Kick it up a notch. Kick it up a notch with Phineas and Ferb. And that plays over the credits. It plays past the credits. And then that's the end of the movie is Phineas and Ferb, the movie, Into the Second Dimension, Across the Second Dimension. What a, Finishes yeah. with Slash from 
across the second dimension. Guns and Roses. What a what a fire ending. Maybe maybe one of the better um, credit scenes we've ever had. Yeah, I mean, I always want there to be bloops, but most of the bloops we've gotten have been so bad that this yeah. is this is good. better than that. This is good. Uh, and apparently, Slash, his kids are just big fans of the show, and somehow he got connected with was, Disney. Was that on the like, IMDb? Yeah, as, okay. as trustworthy as anything an IMDb trivia. I mean, I believe it. We read that really detailed fan paragraph. Yes. So, that was Phineas and Ferb, whatever the title of the movie was. Uh, I think probably I found this the least offensive of any of the other cartoons we watched, the movies. I really did not like the Proud Family movie. I was disappointed no, yeah. with Kim Possible, the movie, thinking I would like it, but I really didn't. But I also never watched Kim Possible. And I don't think I really would want to watch Phineas and Ferb, the show, after watching this. But at least had... Some of the, the jokes, most jokes that yeah, I some liked. of the jokes are really good, and a lot of the song sequences were pretty creative. And yeah, you know what? Not, but not as bad as it could have been. But for fans, as we often say with these series movies, for fans of the show, they were busting, if you know what oh, I yeah. mean. Yeah, and mm. it made them feel good. Oh no! Any <laughs> any any final thoughts from you, Jacob? I uh. Overall, hi, uh, Jackie. Oh no, it, it 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 was it was an okay movie for an animated film. Didn't capture your attention. Well, I was just a sleepy boy. So, I mean, you know what movie you stay away for the whole time? The color of friendship. So is, <laughs> is this the color of friendship better than Phineas and Ferb oh, into the no. second dimension? I would say yes, but you know what, Jacob, he's a little harder to please. I am hard to please. Easier to sneeze. With that, uh, I think it won't be a too controversial one to talk about. Never remember. Never remember. Could Phineas and Ferb or Agent P stop 9-11? Probably. Yeah. Yes. Apparently. Definitely definitely Agent P. Because, I, assume, I, I mean, Phineas and Ferb aren't normally, like, do-gooders. Well, I'm guessing that in the context of the show, them inventing stuff or whatever. True. There's constant them getting involved with Agent P stuff okay. without them really yeah. knowing it. Yeah, that crossing is Crossing paths with Dr. D and them not realizing what's going so on. So they would have stopped 9-11 without even knowing it. That's Maybe. pretty, yeah, wow. I'd watch it. I, you know what? Give it like 50 years. We can have some kind of spoof movie where not necessarily Phineas and Ferb, but some movie about people stopping 9-11 inadvertently, like uh, Three Stooges <laughs> <laughs> save 9-11. <laughs> Uh, I was hoping, I don't know if you've been exposed, but I would think some of the listeners have become aware of like those AI generated images, like oh. there's bots where you can type in stuff. Yes, scary, very scary. And I was hoping that I could use, I tried typing in Sharpay High School Musical stops 9-11. Oh. And it just, it didn't. Nothing. It didn't Hyper-realistic. It just it was pictures of Sharpay. Oh, okay. And nothing really about 9-11. Damn it. So did I just you, Did you use commas? I think you have to use commas. There's, maybe there's, I'm not there's certain rules. Maybe there's I'm not rules. seeding it properly. Yeah. Maybe I need to pick up on some of the rules. Also, there's like versions that are like if you download them or like pay to get on or oh, gotcha. get on a wait list. So I was doing like a free version yeah. that maybe wasn't as powerful as some of the yeah. others. But that would be a fun thing to if we can get more proper images yes. to, uh, you know, send out on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. But for now, you just get our fanfic of these characters stopping yeah. or 
more often than not, if they don't stop 9-11, we somehow uh, make them complicit that they were part of Al-Qaeda in the case of the Jonas Brothers or whatever that is. Speaking of our Twitter account, you can follow us at AWNPod, run by our friend Dustin. Maybe he'll fact check us if he is as big of a ride or die Phineas and Ferb fan. He actually yes. has a tattoo on his belly that's Agent P, but it's like situated in a way where his like belly button looks like his butthole or something. Oh my god! Like, well, Whoa. That's why Dustin keeps his shirt on when he goes to the lazy river at the water park. Oh no! You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, the Google Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, all of that stuff. YouTube, where you can, if it's available, rate, review us, and uh, subscribe to us on there. Subscribe to us on YouTube. At we, we, we passed 400 subscribers for the time you being. Don't need to, you don't need to make it. For the time being, 400. <laughs> celebration. It won't age poorly at all. <laughs> yeah, that's YouTube.com slash a whole new pod. Uh, like, comment, and subscribe on there. We always like to see those. When yes. they come in, very rarely. Got a new comment. But it was pro-Jacob, so we don't, we don't, need, to, we don't need to talk about sure, that. Sure, sure. And this... I was going to bring up this story a couple of weeks ago or a couple episodes ago, and I'm just going to, I don't know, I feel like I'm going to come off like an asshole now or something. Oh, no. But it was after I felt like we had a a fun bit. After we killed the queen, RIP queen. Well, after we had a fun bit with like the weird Twitter porn bots being like gaming anime, I was going to talk about that I, in our modern age, nobody likes getting calls on the Especially no. when so many of them are scam likelies or robo calls or whatever. Correct. Nobody wants to answer a phone. No. Well, I, for a very long time, have been hounded by You got calls, a call today on our ride over. And that was this person. Oh. So there's somebody who it seems to be from, based on her area code, from Jacob and I's local area. Yeah. Who keeps calling me. And Cars extended warranty. would leave a message and just be like, it's me, Mike. And oh, be weird. A, it's, it sounds like an old lady. Oh, it's just me, Mike. And being socially awkward. Have you and ever not wanting answered? To talk on the phone. You've never answered. Well, the thing is, I, I think I answered like the first or second time because oftentimes when she calls and I don't answer, she'll call again immediately. Oh, my God. So I think like the second time she called, I like I answered the phone and she's like, oh, is this Mike? And I'm like, nope, you have the wrong number. Figured that would be like end of story. And she never deleted it out. It's and still in there as Mike. I don't want to like block her or be like text her, be like, oh, "This isn't Mike," because maybe you know she sounds old. Maybe yeah. she's you know got dementia or something. She's in a nursing yeah. home. It's better for her to just think she's calling Mike rather than Mike doesn't want to talk to her for some reason. Yeah. But then she she would call me regularly, like three just or four times a day. Pretend like you're Mike. Well, and something I hey realized there, is. Doing? As somebody who doesn't like to hear the sound of his voice, which is great for me recording yeah. a podcast and having to listen <laughs> to it so much, I had never set up my voicemail. Oh. So I just set up my voicemail then to say, hi, this is Lucas Melby. I'll call you back or whatever. Hi, this is Mike. So then she got that. <laughs> oh. She doesn't leave voicemails anymore. She doesn't leave it. Oh, it's just me. Oh. But then she would like, seemingly get the voicemail and then she called me like within a single minute she called me like four or five times in a row oh my and then fast forward like a day or two and she'd do the same thing and it's still happening she still thinks she has mike's number how long has this been going on for months wow you get four or five calls a day not so much anymore but okay. as we were driving yeah. back here i got a call and wow weird that's it that's the story it's me being socially awkward and mean maybe talk but that her. reminded me of a different time i had yes. somebody 
And this one is very funny. Lord. Where somebody also thought I was somebody else with a number. Yeah. And I, back in 2015, I oh, still have this picture and this message saved. Somebody messaged me, what day is your wedding again? <laughs> so I can take off or the schedule at work. And I replied, sorry, but I think you have the wrong number. And that was February 3rd, 2015. Uh-huh. And then on July 11th, 2015, they send me a picture of two people standing at the front of a church getting married. <laughs> what the hell? As if to be like, nice try. I know this was you. And I showed up to your wedding. Or maybe it's just like, oh, uh, this is here's a nice wedding picture. Yeah. Did I give you some closure? Or That's whatever. funny. That's our. That's my little fun bit to fill in a few minutes of the pod to not just leave. Maybe empty-handed. On no, such a short episode. No Mountain Dew sippy sip tonight. Nope. No, a whole new pop. No. I did go out and seek down some bottles of Coca-Cola Dream because oh. I, I enjoyed oh, you're, it so yeah, much. You, yeah, well, that was, that was the, the orange orange circles. Or at least our, our feeling on it. Yeah. I visited Sam and his wife, and I brought the small cans of Coca-Cola Dream. Did you, my, did you, did you hold, the, hold the baby? No, I did not. And she was kind of sleeping, so I had an yeah. excuse not to, but also I probably wouldn't have. Yeah. I've gotten in trouble with people holding dogs wrong. So oh, my. I don't want to you try to hold You just hold it by a leg. You know, it's just, we're a friend group of, we're just guys being dudes. We're not yeah. used to showing emotions and stuff. No, so no emotions. One of us having a kid, it's just, he's the first of us <laughs> to have a kid. It's just, it's not right. <laughs> it just ain't right, y'all. <laughs> So, you know, yeah. he'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, here's the due date. Or I'm like, Sam, we are trying to watch professional wrestling right now. <laughs> We're trying to play some Mario Party. Let's True. focus on the really important what stuff. Really matters. Not your child. <laughs> Come on. But it seems to be going well so Good far. Deal. Good deal. And with that, I think we'll sign out. Do we always just now, instead of saying... Fuck Sam Blaze, and we say fuck the haters. Fuck Dustin. Decoming until we die. Ooh, or always to maybe be paraphrase a line from a line from Candace in this movie. Now this is what I call decoming. Wow. Let's start right out. Hey, what happened? As you know, back in 1970, I started on a series called What Happened? And every time something would go wrong, I would look at the camera and say, Hey, what happened? <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that and a lot of other catchphrases. I got a real red wagon. And uh, I can't do my work. And I believe I was the first one to use the phrase, I don't think so. But it only lasted a year, and that's good because that's how you establish a cult. So I was on stage doing all my shtick, you know, hey, what happened? And I can't do my work. And if someone would heckle me, they'd say, are you going to be on stage all night? I would say, that's right. And that'd crack up the audience.